Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we combine a love of movies and television with not a lot of actual knowledge about movies or television. I'm your host, Joseph. With me is my co-host, Christian. Yes, that's and me. <laughs> that is you. <laughs> and uh, joining us again this week, Jason Hurt. How's it going? As our, as our resident comic book expert and also sometimes friend. Yeah. <laughs> Rarely. <laughs> uh, so this week, we're going to be uh, breaking down Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, the new animated Spider-Man story introducing Miles Morales and also a lot of other Spider-Men from other dimensions and universes. Spider-People. Spider-People. That's probably more accurate. Yeah. This movie is directed by three people. Uh, Bob Parachetti, Peter uh, Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. Bob Parachetti doesn't seem to have a lot of credits to his name. Uh, Peter Ramsey did Rise of the Guardians, which is another animated movie about like... Uh, is that the one like Santa Claus? Yeah, or? that's the one. Yeah. I like that movie. Um, and Rodney Rothman is, is did more writing stuff before instead of directing. He did uh, he wrote Twenty Two Jump Street and um, Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping with uh, mm. Sam uh, Andy Samberg. Mm-hmm. Pop Star is hugely underrated. I Look, fucking love that. Movie. I, don't, I never saw it. I don't think that movie is great, but the songs in that movie are incredible. See, I think that movie is great. It killed me. I laughed from beginning to end. But uh, the 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 movie we we thought was written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the two guys mm-hmm. minds behind the Lego Movie. Uh, turns out Phil Lord is the only one with a uh, with a writing credit, and then uh, Rodney Rothman is also attached to it. Uh, it stars uh, Shamik Moore, who f- of of Dope and the Get Down fame, as Miles Morales, and it's just a star studded cast from mm-hmm. there. We got Jake Johnson, Chris Pine, Nick Cage, uh, John Mulaney, Haley Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Mahershala Ali, Lily Tomlin, Zoe Kravitz, Liev Schreiber, and actually more. I just stopped writing. Yeah, a whole um, bunch of people in this movie. But it's a uh, it's it's a great voice cast. You want to you want to tell us what the story is, Christian, before we get into it? Yeah. So this movie picks up um, with Peter Parker uh, being the heroic Spider-Man everyone knows and loves. Young Miles Morales uh, kind of admires him as long as the rest of the city of New York when tragedy happens. And Peter Parker dies, and somehow, mysteriously along the way, Miles Morales also gets Spider-Man powers before he can be taught how to be Spider-Man. When uh, Peter Parker from another dimension, but a slightly different Peter Parker, Mm. shows up. Uh, and they go on a journey to stop Kingpin from combining all the dimensions, and this also introduces a whole bunch of other spider people. Um, I really like this movie. It's very good. Me too, man. I also, like, it's kind of, I mean, we'll get more specific. I just want to say, the animation in this movie is freaking beautiful. It's incredible. It's really great. It's it really cool. so looking. good. And it doesn't look like anything I think I've ever seen before. No. I mean, they're, they're, they're apparently looking into, like, patenting this like animation oh, really? style because it was so new like they had to create everything for it i did not know that yeah sounds like james cameron bullshit it does sound <laughs> it like james cameron bullshit like james cameron yeah. bullshit totally so what'd you guys think what are some things you like or dislike i also I like i really loved it man i was i'm i'm really torn because i just think there are a lot of great animated movies that came out this year mm-hmm. I've, I've been a big proponent of isle of dogs that came out earlier this year this might be better than that. I'm not sure. Like, I don't want to shit on Wes Anderson because Wes Anderson makes great movies. Um, but I just think this was such a... Like, I definitely enjoyed it more than Isle of Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask for your opinion. I just think the animation is incredible. I think, like, the, the actual, like, design and, like, the, the, the character design mm-hmm. and the, the world design are incredible. The, the characters are likable. The voice cast is really good. The story arcs are really tight. Like, the pacing was great. The music's great. I don't have anything bad to say about this movie. It's really yeah. just incredible. Yeah, this movie's awesome. I loved it. And I, uh, 
Miles Morales is one of those things that I always thought was a cool design and a cool idea that they never fully landed in comics. Mm. I used to I used to always say that uh, the best comic movie is usually not as good as a mediocre comic, but that's been changing over the last few years. Like Civil War is a good example of something that was a movie that was better than the comic it was based yeah. on. I think this Miles Morales is so much cooler than the comic book version of it. It, for the first time, made me a full-on fan of the character. Yeah. I mean, I think they made cool additions to Miles to make him seem more real. I don't know if that's, you know, really, like... um, Which is, I mean, kind of appropriate, because I feel like the the appeal of Spider-Man has always kind of been, like, identifiability. You know, he's supposed to be like you, more than a lot of other superheroes. Well, he has... So, the great thing about Miles in this movie is that, you know, we've seen the whole Peter in high school thing. Right. Like, two or three times now. And even though you kind of get it again with Mm. Miles Morales, it feels new and original and Mm. different, because it's a different character. I liked... Miles um, being, you know, like an artist. Mm. I know, like, that's not a part of who he is in the comic books. Right. And, um, but one thing they incorporated that I thought was cool was the relationship he has with his uncle. Mm -hmm. And uh, how, you know, who his uncle is and and some of the um, difficulty in the relationship. I'm not sure, you know, how else to describe it. But Mm. I I feel like they they incorporated things from the comic book version of Miles and they kind of created new things for this version of Miles that work really, really well and make him a very, very light likable lead um, in a movie that you would normally associate solely with Peter Parker. What about, um, what do you guys think of all the other spider people? Well, first of all, my hands down favorite thing about the movie is it gets past the idea that Spider-Man has to be in high school to be cool. Yeah. Because old burnout Spider-Man is the best fucking part. It's really great. (laughs) He is so funny. He's so, uh, likable yep. even when he's he's the closest to what i really view spider-man as because you know uh, a lot of times in media outside of comics uh, you know uh spider-man's very cuddly you know he's mm-hmm. very like he's very like oh he's just like boy is in comics he can be kind of a dick mm-hmm. you know he he bounces back and forth between you know being a self-absorbed prick and then being like oh i shouldn't be a self-absorbed prick and th- that was definitely this guy in this movie i loved it I also really like the Chris Pine Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, let's break it down. Yeah, so the very first Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man in the universe, is uh, Chris Pine Spider-Man, who is you know your traditional Peter Parker. Yep. He's like he's a grad student. He's like twenty-five, uh, and he's like in his prime. You know, he's he's finally overcome the initial yips of trying to figure out how to be the superhero, and he's like peak form, um, and he's like the the nicest guy. He's mm-hmm. like very helpful. He's he's just kind of this ideal of what you hope a superhero would be like. And I really like I really like Chris Pine in this role. I kind of wanted to see more of that Spider Man. Yeah, for sure. But I understand why we don't. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Uh, you know, I watched it on Saturday, and I did not know till today that the two different Peter Parkers were voiced by two different people. Oh, really? Oh, I really? thought it was yeah. all Chris Pine. He was just doing a different thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Jake Johnson is the... Jake Johnson is is the uh, Peter B. Parker, right? Yeah. From from the slightly alternate universe where he's a little bit older, he's a little bit more seasoned. Things have gotten a little repetitive. Slightly and, inept. And and I don't even know if he's inept. He's uh, in I think he's just over half. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of yeah, kind of <laughs> over. It's the right thing because like I guess the whole thing of his character is it kind of plays on on kind of this repetitiveness of mm-hmm. of the comic book story, you know. A villain has a dastardly plan. You got to go thwart the plan. There's usually a thing of a jig that you got to get to get yeah, the plan. Yeah. And he's just got, got got all the beats down. A B C and D. A goober. 
Yeah, the goober. And so, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably not in peak athletic form, but like mentally, he's he's just got the whole science yeah, yeah, like yeah. down. I I really liked him. Like you like you said, hurt. He's uh even though he is kind of scummy and kind of a failure, he's just very likable the whole time. Yeah, and he's an endearing mentor in in a way that doesn't feel forced. Yeah, he's he's an endearing mentor in a way that isn't like cliched. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, no. I, that's a good way to describe it. I, I thought that was an interesting part of that because you've seen it. I feel like this like uh, reluctant trainer thing is something we've seen a bunch. Right, right. But this movie addresses the trope and then gets through it really quick. Yeah. Right, right, right. And uh, it's almost like we have to address it because this is the way we have made this Peter Parker. But we're also going to move on from it really fast mm. and get right to it. And, and, I, and I like that. I also really, really liked Haley Steinfeld's. Uh, Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Yeah, Spider uh, Gwen was cool. So, yeah. So, could you give us a little? I don't know if you're if you're uh, comfortable. Would you mind giving us a little bit more background on Spider Gwen, like the story? I'm trying to remember exactly when she showed up because it was sort of introduced as like just sort of almost like a gag, you right? Because that's that's always how I imagined it. And then mm. I, I did a little bit more digging and watched that uh, Marvel puts out these TLDR YouTube videos mm-hmm. for like large comic book arcs where they'll do like a one and a half minute video explaining how whole comic book stories so you can catch up and jump in the next episode and they did one for uh, for spider gwen i was like oh that's actually really interesting she's yeah. got a really interesting background yeah she she you know i mean it's basically you know it's a it's an alternate universe story uh almost in sort of like a dc alternate universe like mm-hmm. l story sort of world sort of vein where uh you know gwen stacy gets bitten by the spider instead mm-hmm. and basically her uncle ben is peter parker you know, she fails to save Peter Parker and she becomes like, uh, you know, Spider Woman because of it. And they they did, honestly, with the same thing they did with Miles, they kind of neutered her by making her part of the main Marvel mm-hmm. universe. But uh, but it's definitely a really cool design and they used it really well in this movie. Do you think the the one the world we get with Miles is that's what you think that's supposed to be the six sixteen or do you think the Jake Johnson Peter Parker is like six sixteen? I feel like the Jake Johnson is six sixteen. That's and what This I thought was too. the ultimate. Universe. Yeah, that's what I. Fe- that's how I felt too. Yeah. Mostly because of the way the villains were designed. You know, right. Designed. Yeah. Totally. I mean, yeah. there, it was definitely new takes on all the villains. Yeah. I know. I know. In the ultimate one, like Green Goblin is, he's a monster. He's not a the size of a building monster like he is in this one, but but definitely this Green Goblin was the closest yes. to the Ultimate yeah. Universe Green Goblin. Yeah. Well, who else we got? Nick Cage is Spider Man Noir. Uh, Spider Man Noir, who's he has some of the best lines. He does. I you know I'm really hoping that you know we we talked about in the previous thing that Ben Affleck maybe sliding into that Nick Cage you know uh-huh. uh, seal of crap mm-hmm. sort of uh, thing. I hope that Nick Cage is coming out of it, and because I'm a, I'm a big proponent of Nick Cage, you know, and it's he's a hard guy to fight for sometimes. Yeah. But he was really great in this. I know he really likes comic book stuff, so I'm sure he had a good time doing it. And yeah, I, I liked it a lot. He, and again, he didn't. He had some of the best lines. The tragic backstory line, I think, may have been my favorite. Yeah. Movie. It really got me, especially just delivered in that Nick Cage right. voice. I don't know. I also really enjoyed the Rubik's Cube joke. Yeah, yeah. Rubik's Cube joke was fantastic. I will solve this. Yeah. Uh, uh, John Mulaney as Peter Porker. Peter Porker, Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham, which was okay. I, did, did, I mean, did. that was the thing that sold me on this movie. Really? Because I'd seen a couple yeah. trailers, and I was like, eh, this looks like it could be okay, but it also could be crap, because it's Sony. Yeah. But uh, but the first trailer I saw was Peter Porker. I was like, I'm on board. Because I yeah. really like, I like Mulaney a lot, and uh, I have memories of that character from when I was a kid. I don't 
you know, I, I didn't dive deep into those mm-hmm. comics, but I can remember like the ads for it and stuff. So, uh, it was cool that they used that. John Mulaney was a great cast. Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. I think I think to me, kind of with with you, Christian, I feel like it stood out more to me in the trailer than it did in the movie. Yeah, I don't I don't know that it was incorporated as well as some of the other ones were. That's probably true for all the the three kind of sides. That's Spider-Man probably as true. Because then you had um, Penny Parker, Penny Parker, and uh, I felt personally she offered the least to the overall. Like she didn't really. I thought, you know, um, Spider-Ham and, and Spider-Man Noir had great lines. Yeah. And uh, they were just funny presents in the movie. I didn't feel like Penny Parker had the same amount of, like, to offer. They could have. I just didn't feel like it was used. Well, I didn't recognize her from something before, so I'm assuming she was original creation for she this. She is not. No, she's she not? Was 2014, yeah. I believe, is the All right, initial she is, debut. She is created by Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance when he got into comic book writing. No, yeah. shit. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. The which I mean, look, I, w- I think we should just go say and say our rating and then get into spoilers because yeah. there's another Spider-Man I want to talk about. Sure thing. So, better than Transformers. This movie, oh yeah. So so for those of you who are unaware, our rating system is better or worse than Michael Bay's Transformers, which we have officially determined is the most mediocre movie ever made. So everything that has existed and will exist after this is either better or worse than Michael Bay's Transformers. Yeah, I jump to it. That's fine. That said, this movie is way better than Transformers. This movie is so much better than Transformers. So what, what else did you want to get into, Christian? So Oscar Isaacs as Spider-Man 2099. Yep. Perfect casting. And the only problem I had with it is he should have been in the movie all along because, God, I wanted to see it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was really into that, too, because I knew everybody had said there was a killer after credit yeah. scene, and I thought it was the Stan Lee tribute, which was cool, but yeah. I was like, that's not really killer. Yeah. And then we got to that, and it was cool. I will say from that, that brings me to my one big problem with this movie, which it is the fourth fucking spider-man movie in a row without the best spider-man character and i'm including spider-man when i say that who is it no j jonah jameson you're right no j jonah there's a well, little cameo at the end yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. uh but there's no j jonah jameson and that pisses me off i didn't honestly that the problem with j jonah now is just because we've already had a perfect version right J.K. Simmons is fantastic, right? I mean, like, no one... Who else are you going to get to play that character? I've got I've got mine. Oh, it's here. i got my perfect one. And, you know, I know you guys are thinking, oh, he's about to say Hugh Laurie. I'm not about to say Hugh Laurie. Tom Hanks. I can dig Tom Hanks. Tom yeah. Hanks' head is shaped exactly like J. Jonah. He's That's got, fair. He's got and, a great mustache, too. And whenever he's in, like, some... Cohen Brothers purity piece type movie, he always uses that sort of voice that you want Jay Jonah to have, you know? I, and he said he wants to be in a comic book movie and no one's taken advantage of that. That does seem strange. That's a good, uh, that is a good cast. But you're right, I, I hadn't thought about it. I have thought about it with the live action movies that right. we had, uh, but he definitely needs to be in that world. Like, it's, yeah, I'm trying to think if I really had problems. With it. I think there were some parts where maybe it was a little slow. Like they may have lingered on some things longer than I felt like they needed to. Mm. Like I feel like we had gotten to the conclusion or the purpose of a scene, and that scene still continued, and and I, and I felt we could have moved on to the next thing. Um, so maybe some editing issues, but overall, this is this is a really well made movie. Yeah, like, no, I don't have a lot of complaints. I think they do a really good job of. I mean, again, I think immediately once you get into the movie, you're you're drawn into the visual style. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that carries you for several minutes of the movie just because it's just so striking and different from anything else you've seen. But I feel like that, that almost tricks you into getting more absorbed into, like, the basics of Miles' world. Whereas, you know, with Peter Parker, we understand him and everyone he's related to. Mm-hmm. With, with Miles, you have to 
start over. You know, you, we don't know anything about him. We don't know his parents. We don't know his deal, his his relationships, whatever. And I think they do a good job. Of and it just, worked really well as both just a Miles Morales origin definitely. and this overall Spider-Verse yeah. story. I, th- I think kind of think to both of those points, you get things, obviously you're introduced to Miles and you're introduced to his family structure and, and all these characters that are important to him and how he becomes Spider-Man. But you also get Aunt May. And you also, you know, you, you get classic Spider-Man villains and you get Peter Parker and it, it feels something like you're coming back to right. while also feeling new and original. Mm-hmm. What'd you guys think? I, I really like the version of Doc Ock in this movie. I, oh, I, I did too. That, that both, I really liked it. Like the, again, the character design was really good. The reveal was really good. I was not expecting it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I liked the gender swap. I was, I don't know. I, I liked everything I liked about it a this. lot. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was a good use of gender swap because they couldn't have done the surprise if they didn't do Correct. That. Yeah. 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 I really, I, I was surprised at how much I liked it. Cause, cause you, you mentioned to me cause yeah. when they, when they show her on like the, the screen and when they're watching like a, a science video and they're science class or whatever uh you're like it looks like uh professor trelawney or whatever (laughs) from uh yeah from harry Harry potter Potter. yeah uh they do it really really well yeah uh having said that uh kingpin is i I feel like maybe i don't really love kingpin's motivation in this really but yeah and and i'll say that mostly because it feels like kingpin's motivation in the marvel Netflix shows. I, it is, and I agree. <laughs> but to me, that means they cherry picked a good thing from the 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 Marvel slow universe. Sure, I just watched it though. You know what I mean? Like it's well, you're the only one because there's <laughs> way too many episodes. Well, my my favorite thing about the Kingpin thing, and this is you know this is some insider stuff here, but uh, the, say this, Uncanny Valley. Uh, no, not doing that. <laughs> Different. No comic book insider. Stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, they they sort of uh, they sort of uh, base the design on this. Uh, Comic artist named Bill Sienkiewicz, which mm-hmm. I probably mangled the pronunciation of his name, but he was a guy who drew really expressive kind of stuff, and he was the first guy that really did painting in comic books that it didn't just look like a fucking Hallmark card or something. And uh, but he did one Daredevil graphic novel where he drew Kingpin like that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Are they going for the Sienkiewicz thing?" And then when they showed the flashbacks of his family and stuff, it was drawn like exactly in mm-hmm. that dude's style. So. That I'm made sure me very happy. There, this movie's full of odes and nods yeah, to right. a real comic book thing. Isn't it like, what is it, a Comic Society logo or whatever in the, in the At the be- very beginning, yeah. The yeah. Very beginning. That's the first time it's been on anything related to Spider-Man in like a long time. Yeah, think. yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. So that's a big deal, I think. But I mean, I think that was just like a joke at the beginning. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think of it as a joke. That's what I figured it was, but you know. I don't know. There are, there are several things that I don't exactly know what they're in there for. There's the number 42 is kind of scattered around the movie, and I can't find a resource uh, that... From what I understand, it is Spider number 42 that bit Miles Morales. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That, that I, if I was going to nitpick about this movie, my only contention would be, where did that spider come from? I know that there's like he's, he's like a dimensional spider, but everybody else who got like affected by the incident, the dimensional incident, only got knocked back maybe like a week. Where the fuck did that spider come from? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a good point. That's man. literally my only complaint with this I movie. I mean, if you're, if, you're, if you're going to try to make this make sense, why was it only pulling spider people between yeah, dimensions? Because Spider-Man doesn't... touched the, uh, oh, right, the ray. Oh, right, hey, that's yeah. a good reason then. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, I do feel like <laughs> this is a... What, what, what are you <laughs> no, I was just going to call you stupid. I was like, no, that's, that's aggressive. Let's not. Uh, uh, well, it's, uh, it, it would be a good spot because this is where I've, uh, I've picked my spot to bring on some justice for a past opinion of you guys that is wrong. Okay, let's do it. Uh, you guys are fucking wrong about Lego Batman. Lego Batman is awesome. Mm-hmm. And this... Uh, 
And one of the things I liked about this is it sort of felt like that same kind of movie. They even reuse a joke. You know, the joke about Spider-Man 3 is exactly the same joke about Batman 66. Mm -hmm. But uh, for some reason, I feel like this movie vindicates Lego Batman, which is awesome. I completely disagree. Correct. This is what Lego Batman should have been. Agreed. Because this is exactly what we talked about in our original opinion. We felt like for... I think think the concept of Lego Batman the way it is would work for like a short, but for a whole movie... It leans too heavy on the self, like the references and the jokes, and not enough on the story. Like, there's not enough story or character to drive you through. Whereas this one is very story and character driven and also has the meta humor and the jokes and all that kind See, of stuff. See, I remember when you guys talked about this first. You said Lego Batman didn't have any heart. And my main problem with it is it had too much heart. It was trying too much for feels. And the, you know, sometimes something could just be funny. It like can, Lego but Batman it also needs to be funny. good. <laughs> we're going to have to do it. <laughs> we're going to disagree. I, I love Lego Batman. It is, in fact, my favorite Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand that. I understand that the Dark Knight exists. <laughs> I'm putting it over top of that. Wow. That's funny. Yeah, no, like, that's one of the things that I really liked about this movie is I thought there were really tight character arcs for, like, every character. Uh, you know, like, Miles' whole thing is very much about, like, identity. He's trying to live up to expectations, whereas he should be, like, leaning into what makes him special, mm-hmm. what makes him an individual. Uh, Peter B. Parker is initially there just because he wants to go home. Like, that's his whole motivation, and he comes to realize as he's going through it that, oh, no, you know what, maybe this whole thing has taught me Maybe I do want kids. Maybe I, I should try again. Uh, Gwen Stacy comes in. She thinks that she also just wants to go home and be alone, and that's what and she learns over the course that, you know, maybe friends and, and you know, a community is, is good. Her, her plot is the plot of Peter Parker in the Sam the first Sam Raimi definitely, Spider-Man movie. Definitely. Uh, the dad even has a good arc where, where his whole yep. thing is, he's, you know, he's, he's pushing his son to be the best he can, and he realizes at, over the course of the movie that he also needs to, like, be sensitive and, and mm-hmm. like, connect with his son. And even the uncle has... has yeah, a, a little arc, yeah, where yeah. He, where he's uh, you know, he's he's doing his thing that he thinks is important, but then when when uh, you know the the moments on the line when when he has to choose between his things, he chooses his nephew and and love and the things that you know he he'd kind of been denying up to that point, and you know it's it's, it's spoiler his final decision, but uh, <laughs> you know that, that's one of the things I really liked about it is it was very character driven and that all all the story arcs were very very tight. And I feel like, you know, they etched out those, those, what the character thinks they want, what the character actually needs, and like how they circle around mm-hmm. to, to resolve those. And I, I don't know. It's one of the things I thought the movie did really well. So here's a question for you guys that doesn't involve content. Were there a lot, did this movie do well this weekend? It did. Were there a lot of people in the shows you guys saw? No. But we went to this, this We went theater. to Nine <laughs> Well, yeah, because I went to see it in pace. And, you know, I realized probably one part of the problem is, is there's like zero black people in pace. You know, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I asked Ian, hey, is it doing good at your theater? And he was like, not really, but there's also zero black people in Destin. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it might just be the racist-ass areas where we live where it's not doing as well. But I mean, I don't think it blew the doors off, but I think it was... Highest December animated opening. Yeah, I, I think... Oh, it, cool, right Yeah, on. so it, it's definitely doing well enough. I suspect word of mouth will be kind to it. Right, I, yeah. I hope it has some legs and becomes like the, the birthday party movie, you know. I yeah, want... Oh, I, want, oh good. I was going to say on that note, just I don't think you're going to see it do astronomical week to week, but I think it has staying power. Agreed. Right? So it came in. It came out a good time of year. Yeah, people it might can just continue taking their kids to this. It might hang around twenty million a week for the next six weeks, and you know, still it'll do really well. Usually, I don't care how a movie does. That just like you know, who gives a shit? But 
I want this to do well because I want superhero animated movies for to sure. be a thing. Agreed. I don't know why it's taken so long for right. us to really get, you know, I excluding Lego Batman. Again, right. I, I, what, what, what do we talk about? Rona, we talked about Cowboy Bebop recently with the yeah. animation. There are certain things about Spider-Man specifically that are really hard to capture in live action. Things that they, just work better. They've right? actually done a really good job with Tom Holland, I feel like, mm-hmm. with, with kind of his, like, posture and motions and stuff. And I feel like, you know, Tom Holland must be doing a lot of goddamn stretching to do it. Um, but it just it works so well in the animated form where you can you know really have that kind of elasticity in the character. Yeah, the body movement and stuff like that. Yeah, you know the uh, to me the the most visually striking scene in the movie is uh, when Miles you know for, you know, takes the leap off the skyscraper mm-hmm. and starts swinging through New York. Oh, like, that's great! It's a fantastic scene. I, I I'm with you, Hurt. I want this movie to do well. I want to see more movies like this. So, uh, on that subject, say this does well, mm-hmm. what would be the next thing you would like to see turned into an animated property? Like, uh, like a Spider-Man or any Spider-Man? Like any, any superhero thing. I've got my answer, so I'll go first. Go for okay. it. Okay. One. Tim Burton's Superman. Oh, okay. yeah. Everybody's too old to do it now in live action. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you guys have watched that documentary yeah, about yeah, it, yeah. right? It seems like it was going to be kind of awesome. All those people would probably do that. You know, I'm sure yeah. Chris Rock would come be Jimmy Olsen. I'm sure yeah. Nick Cage would come be Superman. I'm sure Sandra Bullock would come be Lois Lane. I think it'd be pretty rad. And, you know, we've seen that Tim Burton has a style that works in animation. That would be my first vote. Fantastic how did, how Four. Did, how did we know that you were going to pick Superman? I yeah. do love Superman. I know. Fantastic Four is my vote. Fantastic Four? I think those power sets don't work in live action very I just well. think it's Mr. Fantastic mostly. I feel like you can get away with the other ones pretty well. Maybe. I mean, it seems like every version of Sue we have is awful. I mean, not that the power set doesn't have to work, but they just really suck at riding her. Yeah. I, I think Fantastic Four would be a great pick. They could actually do some Jack Kirby visuals, mm-hmm. which they did in this movie as well. So uh, I would be super on board with that. You got one? I don't. Really? I, I'm, I'm trying to come up with something <laughs> under pressure. To be fair, I, I've recently had this argument with someone. Apparently, there is not, and we kind of learned this on our anime episode, there's not a lot of love for people maybe our age or for animated things. Like yeah. People automatically kind of discredit it if it's animated mm-hmm. and i really think that's a disservice because animation is such a great art form well particularly since most of these superhero movies they have their head up the ass of are just animated p- movies yeah like aquaman looks like an animated movie yeah. that just happens to have a human faces in it the new lion king is an animated movie it is 100 <laughs> i hate that they're calling it a live action reboot it's a different kind of animation <laughs> but i mean that's all i got unless you guys got anything else on spider-man you want to see do i have anything else on spider-man it's very good everyone should go see it. everyone well, should go see it i'm really excited you know we we kind of not predicted what's the word i'm looking for not kind of predicted uh we we had posited this on earlier podcasts that you know this could result in more than one more than just miles morales being introduced and i think all of the characters in this come off very strong yeah for sure uh, like i know i know when they want to do a sequel for this and they want to do it the the Gwen Stacy Miles movie, which I'm fine with, but I also kind of just want a Gwen Stacy movie. Yeah. I would be fine if the next movies they did for these were not Spider Verse based. Yeah, it was the these people on their own. Yeah, for sure. I I, I like worn out forty year old Spider Man. Here here's also a thing I think they should do. This is how Sony and Marvel uh, settles their differences. Sony gives Spider Man back to uh, to uh, Marvel live action. 
for the rights to do the whole Marvel Universe animated. Marvel can't do shit animated. They're terrible. They've, for 20 years, have been shitty at doing animation. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Sony's obviously got a knack for it. My pitch last week was that we do, this is your entry point to fix your live action universe, actually, is that you've now introduced the world to Miles Morales, and you don't have to worry about Tom Holland's Spider-Man anymore. You can let Marvel constantly play with him, and your Spider-Man that's going to be in live action versus Tom, you know. Which I think people are totally ready for. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Miles Morales. So where would you guys put this in Spider-Man movies? Like, where would you rank it? It's really high. I mean, here's the thing. It is... The best movie of all of them. In the sense that it is the best made movie with the best story. And like it, it, it's just the best overall movie, objectively. Subjectively, I have strong feelings about Spider-Man and Spider-Man right. 2. I love those movies, the old Sam Raimi right. ones. And I, you know, I really like uh, Homecoming. That, that, yeah, that, that's, that's one of my favorite ones. So like, it's hard for me to pick it over him. But I, I do think it is the best made movie of all of them. I'm going number one with Bullet. It's my favorite <laughs> one. And I'm telling you... I like the Raimi ones a lot. I even like Spider-Man 3. I know you do. I, I think uh, I what I like about uh, the, the Raimi ones is they are definitely Raimi movies. You watch yeah, those movies sure. yeah. and you have no doubt that Sam Raimi directed these movies. There's enough 1980s campiness in right, these movies. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's enough big eyes and yeah, yeah. cameras mounted on things and shit like that for it to totally be a Sam Raimi thing. The Amazing Spider-Man, the Mark Webb's best cast... Mm-hmm. But and I like the story when it went forward, but the stuff where they tried to redo sort of ruined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Tom Holland stuff. I really like Tom Holland as Spider Man. Almost all that supporting cast, I want to strangle to death. <laughs> uh, and the the fucking twist with MJ drives me nuts. That's CW series bad. That's fair. <laughs> That's like what. That's what like the twist on every CW yeah. series. You you introduce a character whose name is like you know Jane Blowfish or whatever, and then it's like, oh, but Jane Blowfish. Well, look at her, her driver's license. She's really Diana Lance. She's the Black Canary. Yeah. And then you know six episodes later, it's like, oh, well, everybody hates that, so we'll actually introduce the Black Canary. It's just a stupid twist. Saying a name is not a twist. To be fair, you know, I don't feel like they lean really heavily on it. I feel like it's kind of a throwaway at the, like, denouement of the movie. I think it's supposed to blow your mind, and it doesn't. <laughs> I don't think it is, but agree to disagree. I, and also, Zendaya, her acting style is looking like she's holding in a fart. Someone said, just for the whole movie, look like you're holding in a fart. I like Zendaya. But, I like it fine. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, I hate to be the, the naysayer here. I'm putting it still behind Spider-Man 2. That's I, fair. Spider-Man 2 is strong number two for me. It, I love uh, that. Spider-Man 2, in my opinion, has arguably, and I realize we had a year with two great superhero villains in it. Mm. I get that. I still feel like Doc Alfred Molina's Doc Ock is, it is my favorite villain we've ever had on screen. Um, and I love that performance, and I just I love that movie. So yeah, that, that is that is a great movie. And you know what, the special special effects don't hold up. Uh, I mean, do hold up pretty well. Yeah, they're not they do. Horrible. It doesn't look bad relatively. Yeah. It's it's not quite Blade Two, <laughs> but <laughs> see, I love Blade Two, but I've, I haven't watched it in ten years. You so. shouldn't. <laughs> but yeah, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse better than Transformers for sure. So what have we been watching, guys? Uh, I watched Mowgli. The Andy Circus. How so, so Jungle so, Book movie. Yes, I know. So this is actually a good good uh, example of bullshit industry terms. 
How, how, how much of that movie was in the Uncanny Valley? Oh, it's not good, bro. <laughs> it's... <laughs> So, okay, there was a lot going into this movie that people are like, this is the dark adult. More true to yep. Kipling's original. That's a lie. <laughs> All of that is a lie. This is the Jungle Book we've seen before. For a guy who, I, I think what happened, they ran out of money, and they were like, well, I can't put any more into it, so sell it to Netflix. Because there are parts that look fantastic, and then there are parts that just look like shit. I mean, the CGI is atrocious in parts of this movie. The voice cast is okay. I really like Christian Bale's Bagheera. Yeah, that seems like the best one. Um, I really dislike Benedict Cumberbatch's Shere Khan. Fair. It's, nothing is asked of Benedict Cumberbatch in this movie but to be smog or smaug or, you know, if you're Peter Jackson, you want to say it wrong. But it's very disappointing. I don't like Andy Serkis's Baloo. If you want anything different, it's... Blue is not like the jokester, kind of like bad example, but still caring role model. Like he's very aggressive. He wants what's best for Mowgli, but he's kind of like this dick teacher to him. And I, I didn't like it. It's, it's fairly short. It's about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. You know, if you want to watch a Jungle Book movie, watch the John Favreau one. It's better. Uh, it looks better and the acting's better and all around just way more enjoyable. Uh, I watched, oh, I rewatched Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I think I came down harder on that movie the first time. I, I actually enjoyed it more the second time I watched it. Um, it's, it's, some of the jokes are really, really funny. A big thing I'm a proponent of is anticipation is the enemy of comedy. Yeah. Sometimes watching a comedy on the second viewing is when you're relaxed and you're not needing yeah, to yeah. laugh, it works way better. I felt like that movie worked better. I enjoyed it more. It's very, very low stakes, and I feel like that's probably its biggest hindrance. Is you come right after Infinity War, and it's just you know Hank can't lose his suitcase house, and uh, that's not really like. See, I liked <laughs> that it was low stakes. Yeah. I think I needed low stakes, and I think also for the twist of the after credit yeah. scene to work, it needed to be low stakes. You needed to forget you were in the same. And I think that it landed with me more this time than it did the first time. I will say that the after credits worked really, really well because yeah. my wife is sitting there watching it, and I'm not watching the after credits. I'm watching her react to it. And it's just like her eyes got big and her like, jaw dropped. She's like, wait a minute. What? Did, <laughs> what? And like it, it just worked exactly how they would want it to. It, it was the same way with Sarah because we were watching it, and, and she, you know she really enjoyed it. And then it comes that after credit scene she's like man fuck this <laughs> you know uh i also watched goblet of fire half blood prince and uh order of the phoenix good I for I said you it was the wrong order i did That's those fine. three goblet of fire and order of the phoenix are not good movies wizard fight at the end of order of the phoenix though is pretty boss awesome uh very awesome i don't get why people dislike michael gamden's dumbledore i think he's awesome I, yeah I, man i think people when you go back and watch it, you see he's the better of the two. Yes, it was just, thank you. It was just Richard Harris is beloved, yeah. and you di- you weren't ready for him to be gone. Well, but Michael Gammon is he rides that razor's edge line. that yeah. he needs to be. Where half the time he's lovable, and half the time he seems like a creep. Dumbledore is super morally like questionable, right? I don't know that Richard Harris would have been able to do that. Yeah. You know, you don't really don't get that in the first two books. Right. So he's fine for that. But even starting Prisoner of Askman and definitely in Order of the Phoenix, mm. did you see Richard Harris playing like super dick, annoying, like avoid Harry Dumbledore? I can't, but Michael Gamden does it perfectly. Half-Blood Prince, probably the best movie. Definitely the best book. I finished Deathly House this week. 
But God, it made me so mad now that I'm like a big Ginny Weasley fan. Like how much yeah. they screw over yeah. Ginny in that movie. That movie. That movie's got one of the longest Alan Rickman pauses in in, uh, in movie in, like, in, in anywhere. Like mm-hmm. it's the longest pause in a sentence I've ever. It's it's one of the it's uh it's Harry accuses Malfoy of putting a curse on something. Yeah, and, Katie Bell or whatever. Yeah, and and. Uh, and McGonagall and Snape were like, that's serious. You know, what What? What proof do you have? And he's like, I just know. And Snape goes, you just know. <laughs> it's, it's insanely long. I, um, when I watch him, I'm like, man, we were so lucky to get out of that I'm so good. Oh, my God. I love that scene so much. Uh, I'll try to power through Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2 sometime this week. And, but, <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. That's about all I watched. Um. Before we get into what I watch, I just want to change. I got Go one ahead. thing. Go ahead. One thing. I know I've been promoting Critical Role a crap a ton lot. on this podcast. Yep. Uh, Deborah Ann Wool, who was on the Daredevil show on Netflix. Oh, right on. Yeah, Karen Page. Uh, Karen yeah. Page. Yeah. Uh, that's she. She needs a job now. She was on the last episode of Critical Role, and she announced that she is starting her own D and D show on Geek and Sundry. And uh, I'm very, very curious to watch it. She was excellent in Critical Role this past week, and she's apparently a huge D and D fan. She spent months like building um, her, her her own homebrew story. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, so if you're into D and D, watch out the, for the Geek and Sundry's new D and D show. I wanted to real quick change my answer on something. I feel like I need to. Okay, I'd agreed with you that Alfred Merlino as a as um, Doc, Doc Hawk. Hawk was the best Spider-Man villain, I'm I'm really attached to Michael Keaton as Vulture. He's also fantastic because he's, he's the one I'm most like. Oh, if I was in this movie, I I, I wouldn't be Spider-Man. I'd I'd be the <laughs> yeah. Vulture. I could but, see you being Michael Keaton in general. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. No. Uh, as for what I've been uh, watching, I'm in the midst of a huge Hellboy reread. You know, oh, Hellboy's branched into various titles: mm-hmm. BPRD, Abe Sapien. Uh, you know, spoiler alert from comics years ago, Hellboy had died a while back and then he went to hell and then the comic was about him being in hell and then that ended. So I kind of stopped reading it. Well, I found out in the most recent BPRD uh, things, there were some big happenings that I'm trying to catch up with now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but that's going to be an undertaking. This will probably be my answer the next three times you talk to me. Is reading Hellboy? That's what you're doing with all your time. Yeah, yeah. But is that uh, Mike Magnolia? Is that yeah, Mike Magnolia? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I got the uh, the Beastie Boys book. Yeah. Uh, it's super fun. It's exactly a book what a book by those guys you'd think it would be like. It's just them fun talking shit, saying funny things, that sort of thing. And uh, watching the newest season or the newest season on Netflix of Shit's Creek, and it is not as good. Hmm. Uh, my wife loves Shit's Creek. I loved the seasons up to this one. This one's not grabbing me yet. I found that you're talking about season four. Yeah, David is not as good when he's in a relationship. He's not. And That's David totally. is the best character that, in the show. It's totally because you know there there wasn't there was an aspect of him in the Stevie relationship. It's like let's just get over this and get yeah, him yeah, yeah. to a relationship with a dude because that yeah, seems yeah. more natural. But it's totally kind of ruined the show. And you know what the problem with this season is? They have too many Andy Griffiths. Up until this season, uh, Stevie was the Andy Griffin. Yeah, I get what you're saying. She yeah. was the normal person, you know, watching all the wacky people do all the wacky shit. But now there's her, David's boyfriend, yeah, yeah. and uh, what's his name? Um, Chris Elliott's wife. She's yeah, an yeah, Andy yeah, Griffin yeah. now. She's suddenly like a normal, well-rounded person. And it's kind of... 
pissing in the pool for me. Man, I was we were at work today. I'm so glad you brought this <laughs> show up. We were sitting at work today, and we were talking about Beetlejuice, and I just like had the moment I realized Moira right. is from Beetlejuice yeah, totally. in Home Alone. Really? Yeah, it never clicked for me before, but yeah. It's a funny show. It is. Yeah, it's a funny show. I need to get started on it. I watched a shit ton of movies this weekend, and by a shit ton, I'm including Into the Spider-Verse. Um, but I also watched First Reformed with uh, Ethan Hawke and Amanda Seyfried. It is uh, Ethan Hawke's getting nominated for it on a couple of different things. It is a slow burn about a small town pastor in like a I don't know. It's like a gift shop church. It, it's a it's a church, but it's mostly yeah. there. Like it's like a historical building. the The story follows him as he's counseling this young couple who like the the they're both kind of environmental extremists. The the husband very much more so. And then some weird things happen, and then he kind of changes his opinion over time. Ethan Hawke is actually really good in it. I don't know when Ethan Hawke turned into a good actor, because he definitely wasn't, like, early on in the career. But, uh... Ethan Hawke's made some good movies, Motherfucker, uh, Ethan Hawke in Training Day is not good. <laughs> what was the one he was in with about vampires? Yeah, uh, 30 he, Days a Night? No, no, no. no, no. Shit, no, oh, I haven't seen that one. No, no, yeah. Daylight, Day... No, Day- Daybreak. Daybreak, yeah. He's actually really good yeah, in that yeah. movie. Yeah, he's in something else recently. Oh no, the movie's he's in, stupid. Yeah. but he's good in it, and he's in uh, Boyhood, which is also really good. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I really like I like a lot of his old stuff, mostly because in his old stuff he just played me. <laughs> you know, he didn't really act; he just played himself. But you know, so uh, I'm not a huge fan of reality bites, but I like Before Sunrise and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it's a uh, it's not like the most exciting watch. It's worth your time. Ethan Hawke is really good in it. And Amanda Seyfried is so low-key sinister, it's almost impossible to notice. Like, you can come away with this movie and watch it and be like, oh, she's just this nice girl. But she is not. She is the bad guy in this movie. (laughs) And if you're not paying attention, you will not notice that. Um, The other movie I watched is uh, Swiss Army Man from a couple years ago. Yep. With uh, um, Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano, where Paul Dano is stranded on a desert island and comes across a dead body that has a bunch of magical powers and then they go on adventures together where uh it's a weird movie it's a weird weird movie it's got uh, daniel radcliffe is at one point a fart jet ski yep he has a boner compass (laughs) um he he can like shoot projectiles out of his mouth he's it's isn't it funny how hard daniel radcliffe went after harry potter 100 he's great though he's very funny his comedic timing is good yeah no so it's like a it's a buddy road movie with this weird twist of one of them is a corpse that's coming back to life through the power of love I don't know. It's very strange, but it was also really hard to turn off. Is this the first time you've seen it? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. It's it's a good movie. So uh, I, it's I, weird though. It yeah, I, weird. I quite enjoyed. It. I, both of these movies were better than Transformers for me. I I, I quite enjoyed them. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's I think it's mostly what I've, what I've been watching. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Are we gonna take a Christmas break? Or are we doing? A- I don't know, man. We probably well, should. We just take a lot of breaks. Well, let me ask you as a question: Out of the ones coming out next week, Aquaman versus Bumblebee, which one are you more excited about? Oh, I actually... Are you going to say Aquaman? Well, look... No, I'm going to say Bumblebee. I'm going to see Aquaman first. I think I'm going to enjoy Bumblebee more, but I'm going to see I, Aquaman first. I, I think both of them... It's weird because they're both coming from same places. They're coming from uh, franchises that have not traditionally been great. Yeah, tainted. Yep. But they both look really good, but I think I'm more excited about Bumblebee. I am too. It looks more like it checks the boxes for I just me. want <laughs> a good Transformers yeah. movie so bad, but... And I also really like John Cena. 
Yeah. He's got the biggest fucking head. He's big got a head. huge head. Well, that's <laughs> probably one of the reasons I like him. I have a big fucking head. This is, this is the last thing I want to say. Did you guys see him on the Graham Norton show? Yes. Where he's talking about wrestling names. No, I didn't oh, see that it's part. it's fantastic. Him and Matthew McConaughey are going off like riffing, because apparently Matthew McConaughey, this may not seem like a shocker, huge wrestling uh-huh. fan. That's dope. <laughs> and so Matthew McConaughey's just throwing him off, and, and John Cena's like having a commentary, and then he's like, and then you get to me. John Cena is like everyone else has fantastic wrestling names. <laughs> Yours, it's just your name, John Cena. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you John Cena. <laughs> it's hilarious. And doesn't he look really silly in a suit because of his giant ass body so and head? <laughs> he's only like six foot tall. Did you guys know that? I did not know that. Yeah, he's not like super tall, but but he's very broad. He's super broad. Apparently, he wants to be the next Captain America. Sure. Yeah, fine with me. Go ahead. That would be like, I feel like that would have to be like the the gritty Frank Miller universe. The Marine version. Yeah. Yeah, you see, like, actually, you know what? John Cena has the actual body type of, like, the Dark Knight Returns character. Yeah, for sure. If if there was somebody who could play Dark Knight Returns Batman in real life. Well, or you know, Superman. While uh, Steve Rogers was frozen, uh, this was like a retcon fix. Yeah. But Steve Rogers still made some appearance, or Captain America still made some appearances in comics. So to retcon that out, they invented a Captain America who had been Captain America while he was out. And John Cena would probably be pretty <laughs> perfect for that. Because he's kind of a morally ambigu- ambiguous mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah. I That's dig it. it. Cool. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. Please like our podcast, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Uh, if you have any thoughts on End of the Spider-Verse, things you're excited about, things, other spinoff movies that you think they should make out of it, please reach out to us and let us know um, at betterthantransformers.gmail.com. You can also reach us at Real Phonies on Twitter and Facebook. Thanks to Zach Owens for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.